HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. During this time, it's more important than ever to support our friends and neighbors in the restaurant industry. Restaurant Workers Community Foundation has set up a national COVID-19 crisis relief fund. The money they raise will provide direct relief to individual restaurant workers, support other nonprofits serving restaurant workers in crisis, and offer zero-interest loans for restaurants to get back up and running. Visit restaurantworkerscf.org to donate today. And if you need a little extra motivation, you can DM your $20 donation to RWCF's co-founder, John DeBerry, on Twitter, and he'll give you directions for making a signature quarantine cocktail. Donate now at restaurantworkerscf.org. Hey everyone, this is Sari, the Public Programs Manager at MOFAD, um, coming to you for our online video series at the table today. I am so happy to be speaking with Eric Rivera. He is in Seattle. He's the chef of Otto. Um, so we haven't been talking to chefs, but um, you know what he's doing out there is really different. Um, obviously, we're in the midst of the Corona crisis, and he has been implementing some really interesting strategies to stay open. So we're just going to chat with him about um, what he's doing in order to stay afloat right now. So, hey, Eric, thanks so much for taking in a little bit of time with us today. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Um, so why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, kind of what Ado was before and what it is now? Um, so we're a little bit, we've always been a little bit different of a restaurant. Um, we don't do walk-ins to begin with. Um, we do everything by ticket. Um, so people can pick an experience from you know, a $13 fried chicken sandwich night all the way to a $200 plus 20 course tasting menu. Uh, so kind of everything between that. We have uh, more than 100 experiences. Most of our stuff kind of sits between like the $30 to $45 per person range. Um, and so you know, certain times things can be casual or super fine dining or everything kind of in between. Um, and that's kind of what it was before. Uh, and then everything's kind of been changing the last, I would say, three weeks until about a week ago when everything kind of just shut down. So we've been kind of trying to figure out ways to kind of keep things going around here. And we're actually busier now than we've ever been, um, which is kind of crazy. <laughs> so um, we've been doing a bunch of different experiences that are directly related to supporting people, um, supporting the city, supporting our employees, supporting you know, people in need all the way up and down. So we have three main programs. One is Auto at Home, uh, which we make three meals for a person plus a bottle of wine. 
Uh, they can either pick that up or deliver. Um, we have another one that's called Auto for the People, which is like $9 bowls of food uh, that people can buy or they can pay it forward. And we work with uh, Mary's Place, which is a charity here. And so we're doing, you know, every week we're doing a couple drop-offs of like 100 bowls that have been paid forward, um, which is really cool um, because it's, there's not a lot of restaurants, there's not a lot of people doing production. Um, so we're doing that and we can actually help out in that way. Uh, and then we have a bunch of other things like pantry stuff we're doing for people where it's, you know, us making our products for them in a raw state that they can still finish on their side. Um, and just a bunch of other stuff too. We're getting ready to launch. We're converting our dining room into like more of a bigger pantry next week. Um, so that way people can order ahead, have a no contact zone where they can just pick the stuff up and then move on and do their thing. Um, so there's a lot of stuff that we're kind of addressing and figuring out on the way. And yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, Seattle was really the first place in the United States uh, to kind of be impacted by the coronavirus on a larger scale. How, yeah. how quickly were you able to, to transition your restaurant from, you know, what it was to what it is? It took me a couple hours. Um, really? Yeah, it took me a couple hours. And um, for the extra degree of difficulty, um, I, I was actually in Puerto Rico. <laughs> uh, we, were, we were doing, um, every year I do a, uh, I take people uh, from here or wherever, and we go to Puerto Rico and I kind of show them things from my point of view. Um, my parents are Puerto Rican. Uh, I grew up here though. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to see and show them that. So I was actually in Puerto Rico when everything came down to shut everything down. So while I was showing these people around um, Puerto Rico and you know, doing that thing, uh, I was basically hotspotting my cell phone to my laptop and then working on all the programming and launching everything. So there's almost like no interruption between our regular service and then switching over to the new stuff with the exception of programs that we were changing, meaning like chef's table stuff which is like really super close. And then we can't do any dine-in stuff. So any of that stuff got shifted around. Um, so we were able to actually have a conversation with our, our guests and go, what do you want to do? Do you want to you know, refund? Do you want to change this to another date? Or do you want to apply this to something new that we're doing? Um, which I think we only had like two refunds hmm. flat out. And everybody else either said, hey, hit us up when you're back or hey, apply it to that new thing you guys are doing because we can't leave and that'd be awesome to have your food. So it, it was really like on a dime. Um, but I think, you know, we were set up for that anyway. Yeah, can and you talk not, about that infrastructure you already had in place? Yeah, so we, we use a ticketing system uh, for everything. Everything's prepaid and you can actually buy stuff now through the end of the year. Um, and people do that all, all the time, whether they're traveling, whether they're planning ahead, whether we're going to be like their big celebration place. So it gives us more flexibility to shift things around and shift needs of people. Sometimes, you know, somebody gets sick and they can't come in or they get hurt or family emergency pops up, but then we can work with them on rescheduling it. Uh, they're still part of the ecosystem here. So it's very different. It's not just like a non-committal deposit. It's not like a non-committal reservation. Um, we actually have them, you know, and so from there it's just shifting things around and expectations. Mm -hmm. I mean, how have you been using, um, I mean, I understand that your restaurant relies on a lot of technology anyway yeah. to operate. How is like the technology infrastructure, how has that um, been empowering for your employees before? Like, how have you been able to protect your employees in the way that your, your restaurant was already set up so you didn't have to let any of them go and they're still getting paid yeah. and I'm assuming getting the same benefits they were? It, there's a, almost like, it's kind of interesting because it's almost like no touch to begin with since we sell tickets. 
-hmm. We don't have people, we don't have menus where people are like picking up and touching. We don't have a receipt that goes to the table where somebody has to sign. You know, there's like these little tiny things that you think about. Um, even it, with almost, it almost seems like you were predicting that this might happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds really weird to think about it now because there's only like tiny changes we needed to make. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll be honest, I'm kind of a shut-in type of person anyway, so sometimes I'm kind of like that and I'm like, oh, this is cool. Um, you know, it's just, for me, it's more of how can I keep the business going? I don't have investors. I don't have like a big group of people. There's nothing. There's nothing. <laughs> it's literally just myself, you know, using the tickets to then move into something else or, you know, figuring out a way to invest back in the business. So it's, it's really interesting. You know, I have Ingrid, who's my director of operations and also a girlfriend. So it's a really small team. Um, that's it's probably really, helpful that you don't have a, a large staff right now. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's, I've, I've seen other chefs in the city and they're like 50, 100, 400, 800 employees. Yeah. That's crazy to me. But I've also seen like what we're able to do. Um, and we're touching over, you know, 1,000, 2,000 meals a week right now. And so for that, it's like, on my side, it's about being scrappy uh, and just, you know, kind of trying to figure it out in some way and not having somebody come from outside tell us like, hey, here's what you have to do. You have to close down because you're not going to hit your numbers. And, you know, I, I, there's a lot more responsibility involved in what we're doing because we can actually figure out programs that help people, mm -hmm. even our staff too. If I was to lay them off, um, they'd go on unemployment and they'd make a fraction of what they're making right now. Right. Um, but, you know, if any of them says, hey, I'm not feeling so hot or whatever, I can come in. Like, we're just in instantly like, yep, you get a week paid off for free, stay at home, you know, and then everything else can kind of trigger from there. But it's just, it's trying to protect everybody and still trying to run a business. So how do you do that? Like, you know, if, if a staff member needs to take a week off, most restaurants aren't able to figure that out. I mean, how do you have that? We'll just, I mean, it will just figure it out. I, I don't, I don't really know like a lot of ways to do everything right now. We'll just figure it out and kind of go from there. Um, if I need to shift something into something else in order to make whatever happen, if I need to sell hot dogs out of the back of my car, I'll do it. If I need, you know, like it, it that's just kind of how I am anyway. Um, I started this whole entire business in my apartment for two people at a time. And so growing it from that to this in like two and a half years to actually having my own brick and mortar restaurant, um, it's pretty crazy, you know, and it, the, the scale of that has been, you know, for the first year, I was the dishwasher, mm. you know, for the first year and a half, like, we don't have a PR people, we don't have like all these auxiliary things um, that drive the money away. So it's able to give that to the employees if they need it. Mm -hmm. It's just different. It's different. Yeah. Um, have any of the other restaurants in Seattle or I don't know, even in other cities, like taken any cues from what you're doing and reached out to you for support? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I've seen people doing a bunch of different stuff. Um, but it, what it seems to be is like very similar to what they're already doing. And I think that's a downfall mm -hmm. um, because I look at it like this. It's a repeatable business of someone coming into your thing. If I was just an Italian restaurant and I did red sauce and pasta all the time, then how much of that does somebody really want to eat? And how much can they support my business if that's a regular, you know, regular guest of ours? You know, what, two times a month if they're really trying. But we have so many different things that we have people that are depending on us for three to four meals a week now. Hmm. You know, 
and we're actually launching lunch next week <laughs> so people can come in and just like, expanding in the midst of all of this right, right. i mean we've, yeah. we've already we've doubled our workforce in overnight actually literally overnight i hired like two more cooks uh that started today and we hired like another delivery person and it's just really it's kind of crazy to think about it but it's and I'm, and it feels weird to think about it because i i know you know the restaurant group here they laid off like 800 people yeah and i'm like well the big one that like is that the tom douglas one yeah and it's just yeah. really frustrating to me because i'm like they have teams of people they have resources they have right. like literally everything that i could want <laughs> yeah and i'm like well if your first idea was to just close that early and not right. really then that's kind of bullshit you know like you obviously are okay and everything's fine but what about your 800 people that you have to like what tell them oh i'm really sad and it's going to be really hard and it's hard on me and you know you know puppy tears or whatever the hell it is yeah. it's really hard for me to like swallow that pill because i'm like well fuck man you have everything <laughs> you know well, yeah what would you do if you were in that position and you had like that huge I can, I, can I can mobilize the entire place. They have like 20 something restaurants. They have 800 employees and 20 something restaurants. You don't think they have people within the company that they could brainstorm with and talk to and think of different ways to do stuff. It doesn't even have to be a restaurant. It could be a place where like, you know, hospital workers can come and just sleep in the restaurant. They can have a meal. It could be so many different things for so many people. You know, when you're talking 20 plus restaurants and then their first thought is like, we got to shut this shit down. It's crazy. Right. It's crazy. It's irresponsible. You know, and I've seen that happen in like New York with like Danny Meyer, like 2,000 people. Nothing. Yeah. David Changs and all these guys. The frustrating part for me is that they're seen as these like visionaries. Right. They're lauded as these like, oh my God, they're so creative. And that was like the least creative option. Mm. You know, so you're going to close and that's, that's it. <laughs> okay, cool. What happens if your imagination can't go beyond a plate of food, then you're not very fucking good at what you're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? You're not that big lauded visionary creative type of person. I, I'm just not buying it anymore. You know, it's, yeah. it's like, the celebrity status of people. It's like, oh, the best thing we can do is sing Imagine in a video. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, um, <laughs> it really isn't. Well, you know? it makes me so angry. <laughs> it makes me so angry because I'm yeah. like, here's all these people with all these resources. And I'm not just talking money. I'm talking about like, they can actually say things that people will listen to, you know, and, and help them drive and go, hey man, if you're not feeling so hot, then go here. Hey, if you're not doing this then go there. But the first thing is to like vanity project, selfie, sing a song, John Lennon, especially, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know, like, what is that? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. And so that's the frustrating part that I've always had happen when I see stuff like that. I'm like, fuck that. We're not doing that. You know, I'm not doing that. You know, we're, we're definitely not going to play that game. Um, and it's just, it's, it's part of me. It's part of my culture. It's part of my, the way I've grown up. It's never been anything on a silver plate, you know? It's like, we're not even fucking using plates right now. We're using takeout. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and it's just like, well, how are we going to adapt? If we don't, then we're, we're out. We're out. You know, and yeah. I don't want to lay off my guests. I don't want to lay off my people. I don't want to tell them that it's not okay. You know, it's, it's my job to be a leader. It's my job to put them forward and keep it going. It just seems so clear when you talk about it and like not, it's just very like not complex. It's just very like straightforward and simple that you're like, okay, I was faced with a problem. So I just thought about things like differently. And now right. I'm like more successful than I've ever been. And just right. hearing you speak to it, because we don't really get to hear people like you, you know, we are hearing from like, 
the Danny Myers and the David yeah. Changs. Um, it, I'm just like kind of blown away because it just it's like doesn't seem revolutionary at all just to kind of like innovate a little bit. Well, a lot of these guys too, I mean, they come up in these old systems and they talk about all these ways that they've been, you know, um, worked in restaurants where, oh, and you know, I worked in restaurants, I didn't get paid. And how are these chefs now wanting more than minimum wage? Minimum wage is really high and I don't know what we're going to do. And that's going to take away from the rest. It's always a bunch of fucking excuses. <laughs> it's always a bunch of hurdles. It's always a bunch of things that they have at the ready. And, you know, 90% of times it's protecting investors, it's protecting their own money, it's protecting their own ideas. And I'm like, you know, when you look at stuff like that, and then you look at a, a chef who's at that level, like Jose Andres, who's actually busting his ass nonstop for no reason. Nobody's telling yeah. the guy, but he does it. You know, and I'm like, well, who am I supposed to give a shit about? You know, is it the person who's going to win another James Beard Award? Fuck him. That doesn't mean anything right now. You can't do anything with a James Beard Award right now. <laughs> you can't do anything with a Michelin star right now. You can't do anything with any of that stuff. You know, so what's the, what's, what's the program now? Like, what do we do now? You know, Why do you think that so many chefs don't feel this kind of responsibility towards taking care of their employees. It's fucking ego. It's fucking ego. And if they can't, I've known chefs that like freak out that if they can't find a specific pan to cook the thing in that they always do, like they just spend an hour figuring out where the fucking pan is. And I'm like, that's not what this is about. This is cooking on the most basic, basic, basic thing. People do it two to three times a day. Sometimes not very often if they can't afford it. Sometimes whatever. But if you learn how to cook, then that's your responsibility to feed people. It doesn't matter what it is. That's it. And if you don't, if you can't personally do it, then you got to teach your rest of your staff, or you got to teach other people how to do it. You got to show them what's up. You got to show them, hey, it's not going to be that hard. You know how many people are probably sitting at home right now, like that have no idea how to cook a thing of green beans in a can or a beans in a can or whatever else. Wow. I mean. Get a fucking platform and just tell people, hey, man, it's not that hard. Put some salt, put them this, blah, 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 whatever. Or just feed it to them and have your restaurant open and fucking get it to them. Yeah. Um, so are you as busy as you are right now because there's just no other restaurants doing that are like operating? I, I think there's a... I think it's a combination of a few different things. Uh, one is our guests are really like loyal. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, they're really amazing. Um, we have guests that have come with us in the last year that have dined here more than like 70 times. Hmm. It's crazy. That's yeah. like a dive bar where so-and-so sits at the end of it and is like, eh, shot of, you know, Jack Daniels and a Coke. Yeah, that's cute. You know, that's, we're on that level, but like at a higher end restaurant right. that does stuff. So it's, I think that's one, it's our guests that are just like, Dude, whatever you put up, well, we got you, which is really cool. Um, two, there are a lot of restaurants that it took them. There's some of them that took them like a week to figure out, oh, well, we're going to do this. I saw, I saw some chefs here in the city that are like, immediately were like, well, we're not doing that because our food won't hold up well. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> you know, why are you making that decision when if somebody wants to order from you, they just want that food. You've got to think outside of the box, meaning yourself. And they can just order it because it makes them feel good. Yeah. Perfect. Or you could like make different food that holds up right. well. Right. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe they just want that burger and I get it. It's not going to be the exact same thing, but if they're sitting at their couch and they're just like by themselves, then that might be the best thing of their day. Yeah, totally. It's probably better that they can make at home for a lot of people. Yeah. Are you making different food now than you were when people were sitting, sitting down? Not really. I mean, we have such a wide range that it's, it's endless. I mean, it's, you can touch the, you know, different cultures and cuisine and all this kind of stuff, but then you can attack ingredients and then change those and manipulate things however you need to. Um, but it's not trying to be fussy about it. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not like wearing white gloves and delivering and putting this thing of, oh good, we're here for you and we're open and you know, we're this big restaurant that we're serving you and you can get our stuff for that. That's another thing that I don't really care too much for. Uh, because there are a couple you know, high-end restaurants that are kind of doing that. And I'm like, well, at what point, there's, there's the give and take, right? It's being open, but then also being the restaurant that doesn't necessarily need to be open. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's the yeah. super crazy one that's just doing stuff to do stuff. And I'm like, well, you'll be fine. You know, your, your guests are going to come back. They're still going to fly from around the world. You'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, and so it's just, it's just a bunch of different ways to look at it. But for what we're doing... It works for us. It works for, you know, what I want it to be. And this is always what I wanted for a restaurant. It's not, it's not the fucking fuss. It's like, let's go. Let's make some food. Let's make some people happy. You know, whatever price point they needed to be at, we got you. You know, we have people that pay it forward. So it's free for some people. We have other people that like, you know, for service industry people, we're, all of our stuff is 50% off. Uh, if they can't do it, I'll give it to them for free. I don't give a shit. You know, if they need a job, like I, I two guys that just started today, they, reached out to me last week and they're like, Hey man, I got laid off. I don't know if I can afford my stuff. And I was like, give me a couple days to get sorted out. And then let me see how this stuff is going to sell. And they just started this morning. So it's, it's not like hero worshiping type of crazy stuff. It's just going like, we'll figure this shit out. You know, there's not time. We'll just figure it out. I don't, I don't really care. You know, if, if they come and say like, everything has to stop, everything has to whatever, like I'm okay with that too. But I don't think it's going to come to that. Mm-hmm. You know, they're still going to need food. They're still going to need services. They're still going to need all this stuff. You, know, you can't just tell people, oh, yeah, you got to close every restaurant down. It's just not, it'll be fine. Um, can you just go through the different options of, like, what you're offering? Because I know one of them is, like, there's just different, like, price points yeah. and different, like, you know, structures. Yeah, so we have everything from the basic stuff of, like, Puerto Rican food that people can come and grab. Um, and that's like a three, five or seven dish thing, uh, family style. Um, we have a Hawaiian food thing. We start next week. It's called early bird dining. Um, it's $105. They get like six things and a bottle of wine. It's priced for two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have auto pantry, which is basically pantry items that we're making for people and we can deliver or they can pick them up from us. We have auto at home, which is three meals delivered on one night. It's $95. It also includes a bottle of wine. Um, we have uh, the auto for the people, <laughs> which is $9 bowls of, of food. And you have a paid forward option. Uh, so people can actually donate that $9. We've raised over a, a thousand bowls already from that. Um, and just that go? Um, so basically we're working with Mary's Place. Uh, and then we take them, we make all the food, uh, and then we just drop off as many bowls. We have to stagger it because they can't take that many. Right. Right. Um, so we dropped off a hundred this morning. We'll drop off another hundred on Thursday, another hundred on Saturday until all of the balance sheet from the, you know, pay it forward stuff goes away. Um, and then just, we're just doing stuff like that. Um, and then everything else that we have on our, um, ticketing site, that's all available for takeout. So there's like 70 something events on there, <laughs> you know? Um, and as long as it's not something like our strategy based dinner games or chef's counter or the 20 course tasting menus, then they're fine to go. I would like to see you do a 20 course tasting menu to go. I feel like if anyone could do it, it would be you. It's funny. Cause I actually had a, a really awesome guest of ours say, Hey, 
I have an idea for you. I don't know if many people would buy it, but I would buy it. And I was like, what? And they're like, would you do like a themed multi-course tasting menu out of delis delivered? I'm like, holy shit. Um, so it's just managing that idea, um, managing the, the thought of that and going like, is this going to be cool or is it going to be kind of gimmicky? Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be gimmicky right now. Yeah. Um, I want to be sort of tongue in cheek a little bit with people and kind of be positive, but not be like too positive where it feels like PR push. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's yeah. Shit. Um, yeah. Then I'm singing into my phone and then we're in a bad spot, you know? Um, <laughs> but I want to be, I want to be like, I want to be when people come in, I want to have music on like we normally have it. I want to have them see like we're chill. Um, I want to have them eat the food and, it's good. And from there, then, you know, we'll progress and make whatever they need. You know, we have a company that we work with and they make toilet paper, but it's not from paper. It's from bamboo. Hmm. And so, you know, they don't have any supply issues. So we've been tucking those in for free, you know, to our guests. And we're like, <laughs> they're like, what's the deal with the toilet paper? And I'm like, oh, just in case, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. In case, <laughs> yeah, if you don't need it, give somebody else, you know, whatever. It's um, like the Happy Meal prize. <laughs> right, right, right. You get toy, but you get toilet paper. Um, so it's like, it's, it's, just, it's just finding ways to connect with people because when we have guests here, like I'm, I'm, up, I'm up in their shit. You know, I'm like talking to them and finding out who they are. And we have all this data and analytics that we look at. And I know who they are before they come in. <laughs> you know, I know where they work. I know what they're going, what's going on. I know if they have Instagram. Yeah looking at stuff. So I can't do that right now, really, other than seeing people at home. So it's very different. Mm-hmm. People come and I'm like standing way over here going, hi, <laughs> you know, and it's just, it's a very different way to connect and just yeah. kind of getting- I was, I was wondering about that too. I mean, just talking about like the actual situation at hand with the Corona, like how are you managing it? And do you, do you get scared? Yeah. You know, no, I'm not necessarily scared about it. I'm more worried about the guests and my employees than myself. I don't, I don't really care about me. Um, but we have stuff here in the restaurant that's set up so that way there's no contact point. So for the auto, for the bowls when they, you know, or any of the delivery stuff or pickup stuff that they have, um, we have a table that's right in front of our um, door and we have like a gigantic, <laughs> you know, space in between. Um, and we have a, you know, the cooler or the hot food coming from the kitchen. And we'll have the person stand, you know, by the door and we'll put it on a table. We walk back, they walk, grab their food, and they walk away, you know, and then we clean the table down, you know, per guest. All of our tickets are staggered now. So we don't have more than five guests coming in uh, to pick up. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, staggered all the way down for a few hours if we need it. So it's not like we have a line outside. People are spending less than 30 seconds here. <laughs> And, you know, we have the timing of it going down. So that way, when they show up, they're just, hey, what's up? Oh, hey, how's it going? What was your name again? Okay, cool. I got you. Here's your bag. See you later. You know, it's it's very quick and easy. Um, I've seen people doing the ticket thing where they're still trying to do, like, a la carte or walking in. And there's, like, lines outside of restaurants. And I'm like, that's stupid. Yeah. Or, you know, people are lining up with their cars to go pick up something and it's like causing traffic jams and it's like, that's also not okay. And it's just, it's, it feels very like, it feels very self-serving at that point. Right. And it doesn't feel like the people who have the resources and time to make sure their, you know, business is busy, that they're thinking about everything. 
-hmm. And it's really the safety of the diner because if you get them sick, you're fucked. <laughs> you know what I mean? If, if they're not okay, then they're not, they're not buying. You know, if you're not helping them out, then what happens if they get sick at your place? They're always going to remember you for having that. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like Jack in the Box for years when they had E. coli. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah you, you know, and nobody went there. Or, you know, whoever, there's other companies that have like Listeria from dairy products or, you know, people like remember that shit. And, and it's like, you can't be that. You can't, you can't be that company, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so what would you say, you know, for chefs, once things kind of settle down and get back to normal, like how would you recommend, how would you suggest chefs kind of change their business models so they can be more prepared if something like this should happen again? Yeah, I mean, you just have to have your head in a swivel and you can't pat yourself on the back. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing that you, you, there's no like, oh, we made it moment. There, there isn't. There, oh, we made it past this. Now what? No, there isn't an out. It's, it's part of what's happening. It happened. And then what are you going to do next? Like right. what next approach is very different than the man. When this is over, I wonder what we're going to do. That's a bullshit approach. <laughs> you know, that's, that's like really not okay. You know, my, my dad was in the military for 30 years and he told me like one of the things when I was a little kid and it's very like, direct and he's like you can lead you can follow or you can get the fuck out of the way mm -hmm. and, and i've learned that since i was like a little kid running around and it didn't dawn on me until we're doing a lot of this stuff and other things that i've done is being an independent business owner where it's like yeah i you know what i can't sit here and complain about stuff yeah, i can't sit here and be like well guys we don't have this so we can't do that it's like no this is what we have so let's go yeah you know, and that that's it is there one thing that like just has worked so well for you? I mean, even before this all happened that you would say like, if all restaurant owners could hear you now, would you be like, you just got to do this one thing, like change this th one thing up? Got to, got to look at technology and what it can do for you. And yeah. stop, stop treating everything that's available, meaning on a communication level, like it's terrible. It's like, there's a lot of chefs that still are operating with like message pigeons and hoping that somebody listens to them or pays attention. And then you've got someone like me that I can run an entire restaurant off a hotspot off my phone halfway around the world. You know, and I was, there was never an option for me to go, oh yeah, well, let me get back with the team and blah, 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 and let's have a meeting and let's have this and let's zoom it out or no, no fuck that. It was like, here's what needs to happen. Let's go, you know, and, and be able to use the technology that we're in right now. It's, you know, it's, it's interesting because a lot of chefs do use technology, but they just use it in different ways. You know, when a peop, you're making a big batch of cookies, you're not going to hand mix that all yourself. You're going to use a stand mixer. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're <laughs> using whatever, you're not sitting in the middle of your dining room with a bunch of fire. You're using the oven underneath the hood in a commercial setting. You know, there's all these things that people don't think about that is modernizations of the kitchen. But when it comes to communicating, people want to see my point of view. You know, people want to see the things that I'm seeing. And the easiest way to do that is with, you know, social media and whatever. And I've caught flack from other chefs going like, how much time do you spend on social media? I was like, doesn't matter, man. It's, it's the way I'm going to be able to communicate with people and talk to them and they can understand what's going on from my point. And we can attach, you know, uh, you know, marketing towards it and ads and targeted demographics and all these types of things. And, you know, the difference between me using technology and them not is I'm open, they're closed. Yeah. So... I mean, that's, it's the most black thing. It you is. Know, so.
it's it that's just really what it is and it's not poking at them but from what i've experienced it is you know they've been saying it the entire time to me and now i'm just kind of sitting here doing like this yeah okay yeah um i'm gonna let you go but is is there any part of this new kind of like takeout model that you think you're gonna hold on to forever <laughs> like, i think i think all of it honestly yeah. i think all of the options of just allowing people to take it if they want it is really kind of cool um and I think we might do delivery once we're done. Cause I have a van, like I have my, I have, we, I have my own van and it's come out really nice. Um, and also be able to like stagger it and not have to use like third party delivery apps is really nice too, because instead of making like no money with them, we can actually keep all of that, which is yeah. really nice. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, tell us where to find you on social since you know, that's yeah. your thing. Um, yeah, it's Eric Rivera Cooks uh, on Instagram and Twitter and anything else. Um, it's very on brand with that. Um, <laughs> or, or Auto Seattle, uh, that's the other one too. But yeah, I'm out there. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Chef, so much. I really, this has like been a super cool, interesting conversation. Um, I wish you the best of luck just to keep keep killing it and doing what you're doing and, and stay safe. And thank you so right. much for taking time. Thank you. This program is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.